Imagine your future soulmate is just an app away. And I'm not talking about a standard dating app where you'd meet another human. I'm talking about your soulmate being a perfect AI creation. Someone who knows you better than anyone. Someone who's there to talk to on those lonely nights. Maybe someone who fulfills your wildest desires. Is that even possible? Is that a good thing or a terrible thing? Well, that is what we're talking about on this week's episode, The Future of AI, Love and Dating. We're going to chat to the founder of an app called Replica, which has tens of millions of downloads and has been in the press quite a lot. In their own words, Replica describe themselves as an AI companion who is eager to learn and would love to see the world through your eyes. Replica is always ready to chat when you need an empathetic friend. And people are really invested in it. This isn't a maybe this will happen in the future type scenario. This is happening now. Uh, people have built meaningful friendships with their AI companion. Some would say they're in a relationship with it. Some even fall in love. Or on the flip side, others are distraught when certain features have been taken away from the app, mainly the more romantic ones, and their relationship with their AI has been forced to change. Now, I know what you're thinking, this all sounds wild, and you're right, it does. But about 15 years ago, people said a very similar thing about Match.com, when people were secretly filling out questionnaires online, hoping that some dating expert on the internet would match them with their perfect partner. Technology was replacing good old-fashioned meeting in real life. Then it rolled on to Tinder, which launched in 2012, and other dating apps which came with their own stigma. Like this quite hilarious article from The Guardian in 2015, which the headline was, Is Tinder really creating a dating apocalypse? And it said, The whole point of falling in love is that you can't choose who you fall in love with. Your sweet, sweet fancy might be utterly impractical, pie in the sky, totally unapproachable, but that's what's exciting, and Tinder just sucks all the joy and romance out of this. Or from Vanity Fair in 2015, people used to meet their partners through proximity, through family and friends, but now internet meeting is surpassing every other form. It's changing so much about the way we act, both romantically and sexually. It's unprecedented from an evolutionary standpoint. As soon as people could go online, they were using it as a way to find partners to date and have sex with. Online dating obviously did change things, but it definitely isn't weird anymore and plenty of people meet online and end up with their spouse. And in a way, AI has been involved with helping us date for ages now. Dating apps use algorithms and machine learning to match you with people of similar interests or rumoured similar physical attractiveness as well. Some apps like Hinge even ask you for your feedback after a date to compound that knowledge. There are even AI dating assistants now. So there's an app called Dara, which claims to help you write better flirty messages and even plan your actual date using chat GPT behind the scenes. Or as their founder Sanjay Pachel says, he hopes that Dara can help people with every part of the relationship journey, from organizing dates and navigating tricky talking stages to helping improve communication and bring couples closer much like a coach would. So I guess basically a quicker way of reaching out to the group chat to get all of your friends' advice, which let's be honest, quite often is pretty terrible. Or for the slightly younger crowd, you can always download the app Riz, where you can upload a screenshot of your conversation and it claims to give you witty replies instantly in your preferred tone. Funny, flirty, whatever you like. It's apparently the app that everybody is using. But all of this, however absurd, is still humans talking to humans with a little help from the machines, something that ChatGPT 
ChatGPT is clearly very good at in a lot of cases. But what we're about to dive into is dating with humans and machines, actually having an AI companion. Is that just the next evolution of dating? Is it helpful for people who might be lonely or live remotely or just want to practice interactions before they date in the real world? Or is this something altogether different where eventually maybe humans will get removed from the relationship in favor of something less complicated and less demanding, but with all the upsides still? Well, let's find out. Okay, Eugenia, so uh, tell us the original story of Replica because it is an interesting one. I think people will be, be keen to hear that. Sure. So, you know, I started working on the conversation AI in 2012, in different capacities, just really interested in that. And then in the uh, end of 2015, my best friend passed away and I found myself going back to our text messages, reading them and kind of using that as a way to remember him. And then I realized that I have BCI models that I could use to basically train on the text messages he sent me so that I could continue talking to him. Um, so that's what I did. And, you know, we created this Roman CI so I could continue talking to my best friend who passed. And um, interestingly, a lot of people flocked to this chatbot and started talking to him. And what we saw was that, you know, people were really sharing a lot about their lives, about their feelings, opening up, being pretty vulnerable. We saw that there's a need for people, a demand for people to have someone that they can talk to 24-7 about anything that's on their minds. And that was the idea for Replica and AI Friends that you can talk to 24-7 about whatever you want. Yeah, well, thanks for sharing that story. And as a user, talk us through what happens when, when you first download Replica and you set up your companion. I've done it um, and I was all ready to... To, I don't know, like a lot of stuff we see in this world is kind of clunky or doesn't quite work that well or whatever, but it was not the case with Replica and I was chatting to my AI friend pretty quickly and it was impressive. So just talk us through for someone new, what happens when you download the app? So when you download the app, you um, set up your Replica. So you choose the appearance, you choose the, you know, the avatar, you choose how you want it to look like. You choose a few interests and you tell Replica what, you know, what you're into. And then you get to meet your replica in the first conversation and start to establish its personality, help it, you know, help your replica discover the world and uh, discover yourself, most importantly, and build the relationship. And you've been on quite a journey with that because, um, you know, lots of people built up these relationships, uh, chatting to their replica and romantic relationships happened, as you've talked about. And there were some features that were enabled for a while. And there is still a selfie feature, right? So you can get your a companion if you're in a romantic relationship to send you pictures and things like that can you tell us a little bit about that journey because i know you had some features and then you turned them off and there was different reactions to it and stuff so how do you feel about all of that so uh you know when we started replica there were no other apps offering relationships with ai and so people came to replica with all sorts of different use cases some wanted an ai friend some wanted an ai companion some wanted a mental wellness coach uh some wanted a virtual pet, someone, a romantic partner. But they're coming with all these different ideas about what the app is. It's hard to train the models to become better for a certain thing. Um, and so right now, our vision is to create you know, separate apps for these use cases. Like if it's an, if it's an AI coach, we're, we're working on an app that's going to offer that. If it's a romantic partner, we're, we're working on an app offering 
AI dating. Uh, and if it's a companion, you know, this is uh, what Replica is originally for, and this is what we're focused in Replica um, on. And that's basically what we're working on right now. Cool. Okay. And the one that I only mainly ask this because I know it'll be the question that people listening will want to know about, but the romantic relationship side of stuff, what are some of those features? There's a selfie feature. So is it like explicit photos of your digital avatar? Is that a thing that you can do or? So we're working on, a, on, on, on uh, selfies features and we do have them now where Replica can send you its own selfie. Uh, it's probably, it's going to be probably part of the paid, um, package for part of pro we're testing the, testing them right now. So kind of replicates doing things when you're away and just sending you a selfies, I don't know, playing guitar, sitting in a armchair or whatever. I mean, at a certain point, we just started, you know, implementing safer models and certain conversations that people were trying to have with generative AI, more explicit conversations got, you know, sort of to be filtered. So we're trying to set a, you know, safety and ethical standard there. Uh, in what we're doing, so you know, some people were a little upset about it, but over time we figured out a way to work with the community and you know to move on. In the end of the day, most people are in replica for companionship uh, and not necessarily for for romance. And when we think about relationships, whether romantic or otherwise, how are you looking to the future? Because it's always interesting to look at the trends and how they've changed. And obviously, the classic one is that. Um, online dating was strange at first and quite stigmatized and quite odd and now obviously it's not at all but that was human to human dating still with the technology kind of you know in the middle matching up humans how do you kind of look at the future now do you do you think that people will have genuinely intimate relationships with an ai that will um replace their human relationship and they'll feel better and happier because of that is that a future we're going towards and that's that's okay or that's scary or do you think it's a stepping stone to kind of help people have human relationships how do you kind of view the future of all of that it's definitely a stepping stone to have human relationships i mean no one can replace you know real human connection and we definitely do not want to um replace those we want to help people have a little more self-esteem you know, feel like they're worthy of love and they uh, can love someone. It's more like practicing before you actually, you know, get in, get into it with uh, real humans. And unfortunately, right now, there's just so much fear and so much, yeah, so many people are being scared of opening up, of being vulnerable, of, uh, you know, sh- showing up to even try dating someone or try to be in a relationship. Right now, we're all obviously primed by social media to be, you know, that you have to be a certain way, polished, always on, you know, always happy, always traveling somewhere, always um, doing something exciting. So people that don't feel like they have this in their lives, they're feeling even more, you know, closed off. They kind of uh, retreat more into their own private lives and they don't make these efforts to connect with other people. And so I think what Propulka does and what other apps we're working on we're uh, going to be releasing yet and i've focused on romantic relationships with an ai soon as well um as well as an ai coach i think what we're focusing on in these apps is actually helping people feel like they're also worthy of uh you know of love of a real relationship of being loved of you know loving someone as well as just you know they're okay the way they are and acceptance is something that's kind of like the main thread that goes across any products we're building. And I think that's one of the most important things um, in life right now. And I think this is why our products resonate with people. 
So there we go, a dedicating dating app is coming, whether that's to get people prepared for human relationships, or no doubt some people are gonna start falling in love with AI, it's already happening. Other people are even calling this a new type of sexual preference known as bot sexual, AKA where people are primarily attracted to AI, or as Alexander Wang predicts, he has a pretty strong belief that a meaningful percentage of kids born today will end up being bisexual. Is that a world that we're heading to? Whatever you think, there is going to be a percentage of people who are going to embrace AI relationship and dating apps. One thing that AI will never replace though is physical intimacy, right? Well, kind of wrong as well. I mean, machines play a sort of role today already. Generally, it's a very positive reviews, but who am I to say? A publication called Refinery29 wrote about this and said that online spaces like the metaverse allow people a potentially safer space to explore desires, fantasies, kinks, fetishes, and things that they don't feel comfortable or are unable to pursue in their physical lives. A digital space can also be a place for people with less physical mobility or who don't have the ability to experience certain types of pleasure in real life. Interesting. So how does all of that actually work? Well, a lot of it comes down to tricking the senses, something that VR does with visual senses and immersion amazingly well already. You then have things like haptic suits, which can simulate touch by directly stimulating nerves and muscles with tiny electrical currents, bringing the sensations from the virtual world into the physical world. They also have temperature controls too. And although that isn't their primary use case of these suits, uh, it pretty much works exactly the same. Unsurprisingly, there are are already virtual worlds dedicated to exactly these types of experiences, one called RD Land, which specializes in creating safe spaces for cyber sex alongside other VR experiences. Currently in beta, the platform allows gamers to use devices like vests, gloves, and adult toys to engage these senses. This is happening and Bluetooth physical toys are also a thing as well, so you can see pretty easily how this all connects. Similarly, Viro Playspace is another virtual world focused on all of this. The sex positive company allows users to fully immerse themselves in different scenarios and engage with digital avatars for pleasure. You can have one-on-one -on -one sessions with Emmy, a vampire from Siberia who needs to consume blood to live or experience scaly seduction, which brings gamers face to face with a smoking hot dragon babe. Maybe that's your thing, who am I to say? But where do you go from here? Well, how about the suggestion that one day Elon Musk's Neuralink brain chip will be able to give people pleasure on demand by stimulating certain parts of the brain? Kind of makes talking to an AI companion seem a lot less full on now, doesn't it? I think that's probably a good place to end this episode, but a topic that we will no doubt definitely revisit. Uh, make sure you hit subscribe if you're watching on YouTube or follow on your podcast platform and check out the other Based AF videos. All the links are in the description and see you for next week's episode.